Hello, hello. Welcome to Real Talks, the podcast that talks about movies and movie news. We have some of the most up-to-date movie news of any podcast that I know of, so you should probably hit the like button and the follow button. And I'm here with my co-host, David. Hello. And uh, David likes to bring the news stories, and I like to react, so that's what we're going to do today. Um... Also, Comic-Con recently happened, and I was hoping there'd be some news stories about that. Is that something that we're going to cover today? Well, actually, uh, I did have Mr. Scott Mendelson on from Forbes, and we did cover all of that. Uh, there was mm. a lot of stuff that, that dropped from Comic-Con. Um, that should be uh, probably uh, no later than Saturday, but just a couple of the big notes. Um, so DC didn't really do a lot. Um, they had their Black Adam. I mean, Dwayne Johnson came out, you know, Black Adam. Yeah. The Shazam uh, 2 trailer, Fury of the Gods, was uh, announced and shown. But Marvel, of course, took a, it was MarvelCon. <laughs> um, yeah, they announced about a boatload of stuff. Spider-Man Freshman Year is basically going to be an animated show showing how Peter Parker, you know, turned into Spider-Man and what he went through. Daredevil is supposed to be in that. There's going to be an 18 episode uh, reboot of Daredevil. Uh, oh wow! Born Again. Everybody loves Daredevil. I've heard good things. I've never watched it, but I know a lot of people that love Daredevil. Yeah, so Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. You got Vincent D'Onofrio coming back as the Kingpin. 18 episodes for the first season. Um, you have Phase Five and Phase Six. That were introduced so the next 10 years are basically planned out for marvel they've got movies like captain america new world order they've got guardians 3 on the horizon actually i think the trailer just leaked out which i have no desire to see until it's finished but so guardians 3 was there you've got two new avengers movies in the span of six months um so they've already avengers? got a director yes so yeah okay. so they they've got a ton of stuff um, I'm sure well, I love some stuff. I, I guess my question is this: uh, What? I mean, it's not going to be the OG Avengers. Obviously, it's going to be practically completely new Avengers. And also, what about Captain America? Are they giving that to what's his face now? So yes, uh, Sam Wilson is going to be the new Captain America. So I'm going to have to sit down and watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was only six episodes. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to be um, he is getting a new. New motion picture, New World Order. I think it's set to premiere May of uh, 2025. So right before the King Dynasty. So there is your villain, what we were talking about. And they hadn't yeah. established it. Um, okay, so that was basically Comic-Con. Um, but yeah. the crown jewel, the crown jewel of Comic-Con, and I'm sure you've seen it, was the Wakanda Forever trailer. Yeah. This was unbelievable. Um, I had to talk to Mr. Scott Mendelson, like I said, and I had asked him, do you think with everything surrounding this, do you think this has a shot to break $200 million? Because don't forget, Black Panther is only one of eight films ever post a $200 million uh, opening weekend at 202. Right. And he said, yeah, there's a legitimate, legitimate chance because of curiosity and everything else. And the way the trailer was done, and you have a lot of the other players coming back. I mean, Angela Bassett's coming back. You got Sherry coming, the actress who's playing Sherry's coming back. Ryan Coogler, who's directing it, is coming back. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Actually, the 
the uh, the lead in Nope actually could not do Black Panther two because of scheduling conflicts. Oh so, wow! Yeah, so that it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating uh, thing, and that's going to be in November. So yeah, as far as today though, today's going to be a little interesting. Um, okay. So we have a spinoff coming out, which I okay. I'm gonna tell you about okay we have tiff for the, the toronto international film festival and we've got marvel we covered this already but there's been some other uh goings on with this and then of course we lost somebody so what would you like to start with Ooh, let's start with bad news first and who did we lose okay mr paul sorbino he, uh father of the actress mira sorbino um he passed away to um this last 48 hours ago, actually, he was 83 years old and the most, so he was a, um, he was a, uh, immigrant. And so of course, from Italian descent as, and so he came over here and, um, but the few movies that he was really known for, I mean, I think everybody knows him from Goodfellas. That's, that's the one everybody knows him from. Um, but, uh, he did uh, Dick Tracy. He was in Dick Tracy. Uh, he was played uh, Lips. He was in uh, a little movie called Cruising in 1980. I mean, he had he was in Romeo and Juliet, the one I the 1996 version with uh, Claire yeah. Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, I remember. And also, he's in that show Blackbird. Was the last yes. thing he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in a uh, William H. Mason movie called Cooler. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, he was 83, and um, he died in his sleep, which, I mean, if you're going to go. That's ideal. Yeah. Ideal. So, but, uh, well, good. yeah. So I that's. Mean, but also sad. Yeah. He yeah. was an icon for sure. Goodfellas, for sure, I feel like is what everybody knew him from. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is early Law and Order. Oh, Early yeah, Law yeah. and Order. So. I mean, he was, I looked at it, he only did 31 episodes. I'm like, what, really? But yeah, and, and he was only on there a couple of seasons. But yeah, Paul Sorvino passed away. And so that, that was uh, sad. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a tweet I saw somebody's put out. They said, and I'll protect Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and others yeah. at all costs. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, celebrities always die in threes. They do. It's, it's strange. I, I don't know why. It's strange. I know. But, um, so what else would you like to... So we have the International Film Festival, we have Marvel, and then we have a spinoff I have no desire to see, but we're going to talk about anyways. Okay. Uh, let's go with spinoff you have no desire to see. Okay. Everybody knows the movie Rocky, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody knows that there was a movie which Rocky fought Ivan Drago, right? Yes. Everybody knows that Creed Two, Adonis he Creed, Drago. he's Drago's yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Well, according to MGM, they are actually going to do a spin-off film of Drago. Okay, um, interesting. So All the right. studio is developing Drago, which is a spin-off of Creed, which is a spin-off of Rocky. And they've got this guy that actually wrote the spec script and so they want him to come back and actually do uh this backstory of Ivan Drago 
And th- so they don't know if, if either of the stars, the one that plays Drago's son or Dolph Lundgren, is going to come back. But I thought to myself, really? Like, this is the best you can do at M- that MGM has? You're, okay, you're- okay. Hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. I understand where you're coming from, and I'm not a big spinoff girl, but I have to say that, I mean, Drago is one of the most favorite, you know, uh, adversaries of Rocky. And we got Creed. We got, like, kind of a Creed spinoff, obviously. But uh, I feel like I would be interested because if it got greenlit, there's a good chance the script is really good. And I would be interested in it. Perfect. Uh, personally, I would be interested. Okay. Um, I, and I can, I can, I guess my thing is this. It, I know, mind you, I haven't, I own Creed 2 and I have not watched it. So I have to sit down and watch that. Oh, you should watch it. Creed, yeah. Creed 3 is coming out um, next year. Actually, it's scheduled for a November release. So um, I'm definitely. Definitely going to watch that before yeah, November. I really but liked Creed 1 and 2 a lot. I like. I just don't know if this is the character that... I mean, that is... There are some... And I think we've talked about this before. There are some characters that I don't need to know the backstory of. Whether it's True. Han Solo, or the Joker, or Drago, or whatever. So... When you, we all know, okay, that now I'm basing this on Rocky IV. We all know this guy was the best heavyweight boxer in Russia for all those years. Right. And nobody could beat him. I mean, he was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Russia, for lack of a better word. And so when that was, I, I just feel like, I guess, and here's my big point is this. What are you bringing new to the table? Okay, so I actually love a good backstory, and I love the I loved Solo. I really did. It wasn't as good as Rogue One, but I really liked it. I enjoyed it, um, and I agree. We don't need to know everybody's backstory, but the thing that again, I'm just going to come back to the fact that this could surprise you. Like we're going to watch it, obviously, because no, absolutely. Because then we get to either, you know, like argue about it or both love it or both hate it. But honestly, there's nothing I love more than a film that everyone is skeptical about and is like, why are you making this? I don't understand. And then it just blows people out of the water. Like, that's what I love. And I'm, I want this to do that because I think that there, I love a good, like, backstory. And I feel like it's, it's always like, a fascinating thing if they can tie it into the main story you know like if they can really link it in with rocky somehow you know like kind of make it relevant to the rest of the whole thing then that's the most ideal thing they can do but if they don't do that and it's just sort of a cash grab then i'm not interested i think what time will tell with the trailer yeah no i agree with you i agree with you i mean let's let's see what the trailer let's see what you know who else get cast i mean Hypothetically speaking, you're t- if you're going to go down the Dolph Lundgren path, okay, you then have to go down the Bridget Nielsen path, right? Yeah. I mean, it would just be because if you're going to use Rocky IV's canon, you've got to then say, okay, this is a – and look, I understand this is a young 
Ivan Drago and what he's doing and everything else. Unless, I mean, I will say one thing, though, how he got into boxing. That would be an interesting tidbit. Like, was his father a a champion boxer and he got into it because of his father? Or was it to try and escape, you know, adversity in his country at the time? Or how are they going to play that out? No, I agree with you. The story there is interesting. And we have to see on two things. Number one, the casting and see where, how that all shakes out. And number two, let's see what a, a teaser trailer looks like. Um, and then we'll make a decision because if this is just another character in another franchise that they're just trying to pull out. Yeah. Ah, come on, guys. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, there are, there are better things. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's an interesting. I will say one thing: it has it has potential, but I mean, I'm more interested in seeing a Creed three today in November than I am a Drago movie about because everybody knows Drago. So it will be that will be an interesting TBD further continues. So it, you know, once they start to shake out more, then that will be fascinating. Okay, so we have Marvel. In Toronto, hmm. which one would you like? Let's do Marvel. Okay. So Marvel is just mess. <laughs> There's no other word to put it. Um, this is basically a, a mess in Marvel. Um, for the last several days, weeks, and months, there have been Reddit posts, and um, Rolling Stone came out with one, and now Vulture's got a handful of, um, a hold of some of these um, quotes and and everything else, and there's some serious, serious problems in Marvel. Okay, um, yeah, so, like, tell us what, because so I really visual, don't know about this at all. So, the visual effects artists have been working their tails off. Oh, I think you mentioned this. Yes, they, we, we talked about this, and yeah. it's crept back into the, the thing. So, one of them basically goes on and says he was working seven days a week, averaging 64 hours a week on a good week. And then they... You know, part of this, you know, Marvel's has a genuinely working hard. You know, I've had co-workers sit next to me, break down, start crying. I've had people had anxiety attacks on the phone. One other quote says, some of the problems I mentioned are universal to every show and project, not just a client, Boeing Power and Marvel. So part of this, the VX, because they're talking about the main problem is that these directors are not familiar with visual effects like a Chloe Zhao or anybody else. So what they want is they want one thing and they say, oh, scrap that. And then they have to turn around and do something completely different. Yeah. And the problem is Marvel markets these things to say, it's going to be out November 15th in 2022. And they have a steadfast deadline. Yeah. It's and the fact is, like, exactly. It's, it's Marvel. It's a juggernaut. Like they can't. And just, so, yeah, exactly. And so Marvel starts asking for what's called final renders, and these final renders take time. Yeah. And so when you have, um, you know, these people working 60 hours a week, as one of the people, they said, you know, I remember going to a presentation about one of the movies and how they got picked. This is an actual term. Picked. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's a term. We use in the industry when the client will nitpick over every little pixel. Oh, wow. Even if you notice it. 
a client may say, well, this isn't exactly what I want. So it's one of those things where, look, I get you've got a job to do. If you're good at your job, you're going to get paid. But they're complaining they're overworked, they're underpaid, they're breaking down. And, you know, whether it's noticeable or not, it's it's taking a toll on them. Yeah. And what's ended up happening is these production houses are, are taking these bids so low that sometimes they only have two people bidding on, you know, two people that are supposed to do a seven or eight person job. And so when you don't have a DP or a director of photography involved, it becomes a very difficult thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel for those people. I really do because it's like, look, everybody has a job. If you do it well, then you should be compensated to your abilities. Yeah. And not this, you know what? This almost reminded me of another problem Marvel had. And that's how some um, artists, they would only get compensated a very small amount. So if you had a character and this character was used on screen in a film, you would get upwards of $5,000. That's it. And then if you wanted to go to the premiere, they invited you to the premiere, that came out of the five grand. Oh, geez. So not only were you, yeah, you got to go to the premiere, but you're not making that much money. So Meanwhile, Marvel's making billions of dollars. Oh, billions. That's So what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think there's going to be a strike? Imagine if there was a Marvel strike. Well, the other thing, so they talk about a couple of things here. Number one, they need to train their directors. Okay, mm-hmm. go through a boot camp, train the directors on what they want so they have a better vision coming out of the gate. Yes. Okay. Number two, they need the studio needs to hold the, the director's feet to the fire to basically say, look, this is what you want. This is what you're going to get. It's yeah. a one-shot deal. And the other thing, too, is unionization. Yeah. I could very see these people saying, you know what? We're done with this bullshit. Yeah. We're going to stand up. And get what's ours. You want us. We need you more than you need us. And you mean, you mean well, no, the other way around. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. No, we get it. And like, so yeah. it's one of those things where there is no Marvel without the, these designers. And that's these why I'm artists. saying they could literally all walk out, and it would be billions of dollars a day down the hole. And it's like they could really just dictate exactly what they need. I. It will be very fascinating to see what happens with this. Because if this, if, because one of the other thing too is they'll start leaving. They'll yeah. start going to work for other other studios. You're like, the heck with this? I'm out of here. It's not worth the stress. Even if I have to take less money. Because there are people that, I mean, I'm not going to read the quote, but there are people that have said, look, I've worked on Marvel projects for years. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm tired of getting nitpicked and this, this, and this. And as I said before, when you have a steadfast deadline and it's not being, you know, because look, the average person isn't going back and saying, oh, well, they missed that there. They missed. Remember when I, I spoke to you about the um, costume with Thor? Uh, yes. Yeah. How it was yes. inconsistent. Yeah. Right. And that's just one of those things. It's, you know, see an individual, you know, like yourself. You are an avid moviegoer. Yeah. So you are there looking at every little detail. Yeah. And whether it's an Easter egg for this 
or a costume design for that, and it's like, why do they have a different, I get that, but why do they have a totally different costume design? Right. And that's the thing. So I'm really curious to see how Marvel just takes care of this. Because if they don't, this is going to turn, this is a serious problem now, but it can be rectified. Yeah. If this doesn't turn, if they don't take care of this now, they're in serious trouble. There's no way that they can ignore this. I mean, like, that would literally be the most expensive mistake ever. Like, money talks. They can't ignore this. I mean, this is the day and age where literally people can complain on the internet. Everybody knows now. It's not a secret. You know, like, this is, again, another strike for Marvel being unfair to the people that are making them who they are. And that's absolutely unacceptable. Like, if imagine how great it would be and how much like quality work they'd have if they literally just treated their employees correctly, you know, like including the actors and actresses, specifically the actresses. Imagine, imagine what could happen. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised, but like literally they can only have so many strikes before bad shit's going to happen. And so they better like literally read the writing on the wall. Like, so I, something has to give at some point because you're going to have the immovable, force and it's the you know and it's just i i unfortunately i think marvel's got too big for their bridges oh 100%. i think this is the point where even with a poor movie and i'm not gonna say poor average movie and if you want to go back and watch listen to this you can the whole doctor strange multiverse madness was an average movie yeah and it was average and it still made 187 million dollars over the weekend Oh, and it yeah. still crossed a $700 million threshold worldwide. Yeah. That was average. Thor Love and Thunder made $130 million, $134 million opening weekend. And it's going to cross $600 million worldwide. Probably more than that. I don't care. Yeah. They just want to go to see the movies. Yeah, They no, don't they even don't care, care if they're mediocre anymore. And like I said to you a couple weeks ago, the simple fact is every single one of these movies in phase four has been like just an episodic thing in itself. That's it. Whether you've had, you know, Thor or whether you had Eternals or whether you've had, you know, whatever else, Spider-Man No Way Home, they've all been episodic things. And I think a lot of people, they're like, we just want to get done with phase four. And people are, are finally, they can't wait for November to arrive. And it's funny because if you watch the presentation, even Kevin Feige said, so the end of phase four is, you know, he was kind of, he didn't, he was a little sarcastic about it, but you could tell in his voice. He said, well, the end of phase four is in November because people are getting tired of it. Well, yeah, this is literally like the biggest limbo ever where we're just all like, yeah, we kind of care, but we kind of don't. Like we're sort of just not really invested in anyone at this point. And, uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens, but you're right. I mean, like people just want to go see the movies, like, and, and they won't have the movies if they don't treat the people correctly. So, all right. But uh, I will say one thing though, this is, this is the one last part. This is going to be the perfect reset though. This is going to be the perfect reset for Marvel. When phase four is done, now that we know who the big bad is, this is going to be the perfect reset they need because they've already set up Captain America. They've already set up Guardians 3, okay? We know that's coming. They're already going to do, you know, a couple other shows, okay? This is going to be the perfect reset. Now, obviously, I don't think anybody is looking 
toward the Kang dynasty and saying this is going to do Infinity War numbers. Right. I know like, it, it, it won't. It will make a billion dollars, but that's about it. It's not going to... I will go on record right now today, July 28th of 2022, and say that will not make $200 million over the year. Right. Mark my words. Because once you... So they're calling the, the multiverse saga. That's what they're... It just... It doesn't... What you just said, the OG isn't there. Yeah. You're not... You're fine. You're going to have She-Hulk and everything else. But it's not the same. It's not the same. And I don't think it's going to be as successful. Bottom line. I just don't. So. Yeah. So let's go with the festival. So Toronto International Film Festival. This is the big, the first big film festival of many to come. Um, so we have a lot of big movies um, coming out. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Steven Spielberg is going to be making his first major um i won't say tour but this like his campaign for his film the fables um there's one that's going around the block that in, um everybody has been talking about and that is uh the whale brendan fraser and oh um, yeah okay this looks now i'm not seeing so he directed pie that Derek uh oriana I, I probably just butchered his name. I'm sorry, Darren. But I mean, uh, he's known for Pie. He's known for Requiem of a Dream. He's known for Mother. And oh, right, this right, guy, right, 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 this guy. Yeah. So, so anybody who doesn't know what this is about, it's in post production right now. This is about an obese man, an obese English, a reclusive English teacher who's suffering from severe obesity. Attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Oh wow! Okay. For uh, for one last chance of redemption, this everybody is talking about. So everybody is talking about Brendan Fraser, looking like he might get an Academy Award nomination. Oh hell yeah! I mean, he's a great he's a great actor, but I mean, like this is the same guy. Yes, played in all those years ago in 1999, 1998 for The Mummy. George of the Jungle. I remember yes. that. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, I'm excited to see this. Wow, okay. So that looks great. Yeah, I need to look I need to look that trailer up for sure. Yeah, so Sam Mendes is coming back um, with Empire of Light. Of course, Mendes directed The Unbelievable, which I don't know how he didn't win an Oscar for, 1917. Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, that was an amazing movie. That was amazing. And I, yeah, I mean, one take to do it all. And yeah, there were, but I there think were the not, one, it was not just one take, but yeah, it was like, he's, I looked yeah. it up, I had to look it up, but it was masterfully done. Yeah. So I think the one everybody's looking forward to, including myself, and I have to sit down and watch the first one is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Oh, yep. You Ryan Johnson. Watch, you need to watch the first one. Yep, that's on. Um, yep. Um, of course, you know he did the the Last Jedi, good, bad, or indifferent, and I think that's what people really when you people know him from the Last Jedi, and I think that like when they say that he did Knives Out, they go, "What? He did what? No, really? Yeah, yeah and it was so guy. good. Yeah, I mean, everybody has everybody has their ups and downs." And the last Jedi, last Jedi wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. No, it wasn't. So yeah, yeah. 
I mean, everybody has a bad day at the office. Exactly. I mean, you know, so, um, so this is going to kick off. Those are just a few. Those are the big ones. I mean, there's plenty of other films to be had, but um, so it kicks off September 8th uh, in Toronto and it runs for 10 days. And um, so it's, you know, um, it's one of those things where this is the first coming out. I mean, Viola Davis is coming back with a period piece called The Woman King. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. I mean, you're going to see a lot of these movies around Oscar time. Oh, hell yeah. Even, even if they don't, even if they're not put in theaters, just because, I mean, there's going to be smaller films that people are going to go, oh, wow, really? I never heard of that. Yeah. So it runs 10 days and, um, I believe I could be wrong. I thought that, um, um, Olivia Wilde was going to be there. Good move. But nonetheless, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. So this is going to be, I mean, you have filmmakers from all across the world. You have uh, South Korea. You have Tyler Perry actually making a uh, world premiere of Jasmine's Blues. Oh, is, I this mean, a, is this, okay, what was his first film he did at his, like, huge studio he built just for himself? You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Was it just another, it like, Medea movie? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't watch yeah. Tyler Perry often, um, but I understand what he's doing, and he's good at what he does. That's kind of what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really made his – Medea was his gone um, – his go-to. I mean, he was in Gone Girl. I mean, yeah, he, so he's he done other things. Yeah, he pops up every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, it's Tyler Perry. And I actually really like that about him. But, um, okay, so real quick, before I forget, you sent me a trailer. What is, uh, well, how does that tie oh. into the news? Oh, okay. So I, I actually, I actually forgot. So the, <laughs> our last little tidbit. Um, so there were a couple of interesting trailers that came out in the last 48 hours. One of them was for Samaritan. This is an Amazon Prime movie coming out with Sylvester Stallone. Oh. And he is a retired superhero. Oh my gosh, that's and perfect. So basically um yeah, and he he basically he has to um get back into uh the swing of things. Is he trying to be a superhero again or is he trying to get back or is he trying to retire? Like, or, you know, like what's the... Well, he was retired. Okay. He was retired and then he came back and, you know, uh, he looks, I mean, he looks like it's a gritty movie type of thing, but Ooh, yeah. I love so it. Is it like dark? Does it feel dark? I need to just watch the, yeah. the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. It, so... A young boy learns that a superhero who he thought had been missing after an epic battle 20 years ago may in fact still be around. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah. So cool. it's kind of like, put it to you this way, it's kind of like the Dark Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Where people thought, oh, Batman's gone, and then he comes back because the city needs him type of thing. Yeah. So it looked really good. I mean, the, the I'll let you watch the trailer, but there's a funny scene at the end of the trailer. Where oh, it's don't like, tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, you're going to laugh. And then the other one. Yeah. The other trailer. Creepy as fuck. Is was. What I was going to say. 
<laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Was for Pinocchio. Yeah, uh, Pinocchio's um, one of the creepiest movies ever, but I I don't know if I'll ever see it, man. It's just so creepy, but I I I can appreciate the beauty. Like it, it looks like it's going to be really good. I like that they're spinning it to what is it Italian? Um, yes, Pinocchio. Um, yeah, so I I understand why you sent it to me because honestly, it looks like for those who are going to see it, it's going to probably be really good, but. I don't know, man. I could never. It just creeps me out. <laughs> yeah. So this is Glitzium uh, del Toro. This is the same guy that did the shape, who won Best Picture a couple years ago for The Shape of Water. Oh, shit. And, um, it's Benicio del Toro. I missed that. Oh, and no. so I'm going to have to watch it. Wait, did he do, did he do Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Oh, no. Okay, I guess I'm going to see it. Guys. So... He he wrote this along with a couple of other people. So you've got Kate Blanchett as a voice, and Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan man. McGregor. Yep. And so, of course, everybody knows the uh, the boy the uh, story of Tilda Swindon's in this. Of course. John so, Turturro. Twelve Tilda Swindon. Christoph Waltz. I mean. Oh, of course, of course. Ron Perlman. I mean, it's just huge cast. Oh, so yeah. this is going to be. It's a. It looks well. It looks creepy. Yeah. It may. It's got that you know uh, element to it that's childish to a certain extent. Well, it's a different spin on it. So so was Pans. I mean, Pans was like spun like it was supposed to be a child's movie, and it really wasn't. It was very scary and creepy, um, but it was really good. It was well artistically done. So honestly, it's kind of interesting the fact that. You can take a story like Pinocchio, which I kind of have zero interest in rehashing, and the fact that it's Benicio del Toro, that makes me, I will see it 100%, because he is an incredible director, and that'll be so cool. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's got, and one final one that I didn't send you yes. was Marilyn. Did you happen to check this one out? Is this, is that the one, I think I know what you're talking about. I feel like I've read up on, the, it's the new Marilyn and, movie. Yes, and it's NC-17. Yep. I mean, not that we care about ratings here, but the simple fact is this shows the the difference, and it basically shows Marilyn Monroe as Marilyn Monroe and how she begins to crack, for lack of a better word. Yes. And... So she's norm. She puts it in the trailer. She's Norma Jean when the when the cameras are off, and she, you know, you see one shot when she's like behind the wheel of the car, screaming because she's about ready to crack because of the pressure. Yeah, and um, yeah, it looks. I mean, I don't know why they would make this an NC seventeen film, but whatever. It's just it looks interesting. I mean, look. There have been plenty of takes on Marilyn Monroe. Oh, so many. I mean, I think she is one of those stars that is in the last 50 years that's just yeah. iconic. She's iconic. She's up Something there with like it hot. She's up there with Yeah, exactly. Her. She's literally a household name. Everybody has heard Marilyn Monroe. Everyone in the world has heard that name. Yeah, some like it hot, you know, with every you know, everything else. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Yep. Yes. So it'll be very interesting to see how um, how that works. Yeah, for sure. And I actually, so yeah, so that, that trailer is one of those that it's not getting a lot of press. 
I mean, it is getting press. Obviously, it's going around, but it's like, and I think this is the reason why they put it on stream because I don't think there's any way that this was going to get a theatrical rate. There's no way that you know this is NC seventeen. So is that that above R? I thought NC seventeen was below R. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I mean, they put NC seventeen. They put uh. Debbie does Dallas. They did was NC seventeen. They did Deadpool was (laughs) NC seventeen. I thought no, it was no. There are so you have what's known as a red trailer. So when a studio cuts a trailer, they have to obviously cut it for because the MPA, the Motion Picture Association, okay, has to approve. That's the little green thing you see. Every time you go to the movies, that little yeah, green. Yeah, for audiences. The, the, blah, this blah, blah. The, it is exactly. The following has been a red trailer. For, right? Yeah, no, because it's like when right. it's a red trailer, it's not for children. So the red trailer is unedited. Yeah. Okay. So when you watch a Deadpool or something, and go, oh, okay, this is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So when you go to a theater and you see the PG 13 version, um, that's what you see in theaters. Oh, totally. Okay, so, so you don't think it's going to make it into theaters? It's going to go straight to streaming. No. What platform no, it, is it going to stream on? Netflix. Oh, okay. Netflix oh, is I didn't already. That. Ne- yeah, oh. that it's already going to come out on on Netflix. Well, so, I definitely need to check um, that out, yeah. and I need to check out that other trailer. Um, and uh, but um, yeah. Tell us, so tell us what's the, coming up. Um, well, I actually wanted to ask you a little trivia question. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Do you know the Do you know the first movie that was rated PG thirteen ever? Okay. Ever. I mean, like, I kind of want to say Midnight Cowboy. I think that was nope. rated R, though. Think late eighties. Oh, okay. Alien. Nope. Um, Keep going. Okay, hold on. Don't don't tell me. It. Really late. It took till the late eighties for a PG thirteen movie. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep. Nope. I'll give you one more. I'll give you the year, nineteen eighty nine. That doesn't help. Um. Patrick Swayze. Oh, Roadhouse. No. Uh, nope. Go. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Okay. Oh man. Red Dawn was the very first movie. See Thomas Howell. That was good. And Patrick Wolverine. Swayze, and that was the very first yeah. movie. That was the very first movie rated PG-13, 1989. And so ever since that movie, because up until that point, you had PG and and you had R. And so there was nothing in between. So they figured – now, if you really want a boring read for everybody out there, which I've done. I know she's like, I'm not going to do this, but – Sit down and listen and read the requirements. Oh, for a PG thirteen. R have to be a PG thirteen and R a PG. And it's fascinating to see. Like if you are getting an R rating, there has to be uh, two or three uh, two or three profanity words. It has to show actual a sexual act. Okay. Um Okay, so, um, okay, so, anyways, uh, but that's an interesting read if you want to. Oh, um, okay, that that that's an interesting read if you want to to do that as far as like figuring out what is a rated R movie and what is a PG thirty. Anyways, um, so coming up, I have an interview. I just did the uh, 
Do I have an interview with Chad Holloway yeah. tomorrow? Um, it's more of a personal thing. Professional poker player, uh, writer for Poker News, former WSOP winner. Um, next week, actually on Sunday, I have another interview with uh, Cassie Hagen. Uh, she's um, just starting out in the critics business. She's been doing it a couple years, a couple years more than we have. And um, Mob Mondays starts on Monday. Um, and then um, tomorrow we have uh, Doctor Strange for Flashback Friday. This will be our 13th episode. Um, and we're almost halfway done with this, unbelievably. There are 29 of these so far. That's wild. Um, and then, yeah, 29 Marvel <laughs> over 15 years. That is wild to think about. And then, um, what else? I think we're gonna try and do a uh, a wrap up show with Ryan McQuaid. I'll see how he's feeling. If not, we'll get somebody else on. And if not, we'll do it ourselves. Uh, maybe a week or two. I th- so next week is gonna be Bullet Train. Yep. Our uh, Brad Pitt round. Our uh, Brad Pitt. Woo. And then after that, we will do a roundup show uh, for the summer. And um, all right, yeah. sounds good. Um, so if so, Mob Mondays will be on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. It will be six ninety nine a piece for one month. I'm going to give you two podcasts to start: Departed and Goodfellas. Um, and um, oh, the big thing: uh, House of Dragons starting at the end of mm-hmm. August. So we're going to be doing um, spoiler cast for that. And then once that's done in the middle of October, we will be. Starting rewatch Wednesday, and that will be a six ninety nine pro wall as well. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's about. Yeah. It. I uh, just please follow guys. Um, support podcasts. Support um, art, and especially support people that are trying to bring all of the commentary for movies to you. And until next time, I'm Elisa Ivers. And I'm David Steele. And this has been Real Talks. And (laughs) the the end.